In this video, we are going to learn about the classification of industries. So in today's topic, I've divided the industries into four broad categories. They are agro-based industries, and then we have mineral-based industries, and then automobile and information technology. So we're going to read about each one of them, and we'll understand the various aspects related to it. So with no further ado, let's get started. So the first industry is agro-based industry. By the name of this industry, we can easily figure out that this industry is based on agricultural raw materials, meaning this industry totally depends on the raw materials produced by the agricultural sector. And the products comprises mostly consumer goods like cotton, jute, silk, woolen textiles, sugar and edible oil, etc. Now under agro-based industries, we have textile industry and sugar industry. The textile industry in India is massive because it occupies unique position in the Indian economy. Now apart from that, it is also an industry that is responsible for massive employment generation. It also contributes heavily towards the GDP. It is the only industry in the country which is self-reliant and completes its value chain that is from raw material to the highest value added products. Which basically means that there is very little wastage associated in this industry. Now if you look at this picture, you can see the value addition in the textile industry. So if you see how the chain goes from fiber production to garment manufacture, in between you get so many varied products like raw fiber, yarn, fabric, garments. So there's always some new product that is being created in the cycle. There's very little wastage associated in this industry. Under textiles industry, we are going to read about the cotton textiles. We all know that cotton textiles is a traditional industry. I mean, in ancient India, cotton textiles were produced with the help of hand spinning and handloom weaving techniques. During the Mughal era, craftsmen of Kashmir had specialization in producing woolen products and Bengal became famous for cotton textile industries. Then silk weaving was an important industry in Lahore, Agra and Gujarat. So if you look at this picture about carpet weaving and fine colored cloths, this all proves the fact that cotton textile is a traditional industry. And then this classic picture of Gandhi and his spinning wheel during the British time emphasizes the point that cotton textile is a traditional industry and it has been in India for ages. After the 18th century, power looms came into use. Power looms are machines that look like this. Now you must know that during 18th century, industrial revolution came into force. And if you know anything about industrial revolution, it came into force in Europe, especially in Britain. And with the help of this revolution, machines changed people's way of life as well as their methods of manufacture. So it was a necessary change for the world. However, the benefits of industrial revolution never reached the countries that were the colonies of the Britain. And because of that, our traditional industries suffered a setback during the colonial period because they could not compete with the mill-made cloth from England. Today, there are nearly 1600 cotton and human-made fiber textile mills in the country. Have a look at this map that shows the distribution of cotton, woolen and silk industries across the country. About 80% of these are in the private sector and the rest in the public and cooperative sector. Initially, the cotton textile industry was concentrated in the cotton growing belt of Maharashtra and Gujarat. And the reason was simple due to the availability of raw material, market, transport, port facilities, labor, moist climate. All these reasons were good enough for the growth of cotton textile industry. So cotton textile industry is very much dependent of the agricultural sector, which is the primary activity. And in a country like India, majority of population is engaged directly or indirectly in primary activities. Therefore, cotton industry provides big time employment to farmers who grow cotton, then to workers who work on the processing part of the cotton. 
while cotton industry is dependent on agricultural sector similarly other sectors like chemical and industrial sectors are dependent on cotton industries for dye colors machinery packaging materials etc the textile industry in india exports its products to countries like japan usa uk russia france east european countries nepal singapore sri lanka and african countries and if you remember this picture that is value addition in the textile industry all the by products such as raw fiber yarn fabric garments these are exported to countries based on requirements so it is not just one product that is being exported but many such by products are being exported today some of the problems that are being faced by this industry are low output of labor meaning the productivity of labor is very low in this industry the clothing sector needs the support of high quality and cost effective cloth processing facilities modernization of mills is a must people in india are still using traditional techniques which is slowing down the output potential another problem is that the cotton textile industry is facing a stiff competition from synthetic fiber industry synthetic fiber are man made fiber and it is easier and much faster to produce therefore it has an edge in feeding the growing demand of the market the textile industry has always been affected by continuous power supply large industries have power backup but the micro industries find installing power generating units very expensive a lot of it is due to poor government policies i mean facilities like water power and road is given in terms of infrastructural facility but other factors like import export policies sudden change in customs and excise affects the industry tremendously and that brings down the profit margin which again forms the reason behind their development it's like a vicious cycle i hope you're understanding it so this was all about the cotton textile industry in india and the next industry under agro based industry is jute textiles india is the second largest producer of raw jute and jute goods right after bangladesh because jute is a vital sector from economical agricultural industrial and commercial point of view in bangladesh once upon a time jute was also called the golden fiber of bangladesh so for a country like bangladesh it is very important and right after that we are the ones because jute is the second most important fiber after cotton so all the things that you see around us like curtains chair coverings carpets area rugs then cloth these all are woven out of fibers that is jute therefore jute industry is very important for india now in india most of these industries are located in west bengal mainly along the banks of river hugli so this is where the hugli river flows so river hugli is one of the tributaries of river ganga which flows into the bay of bengal so it is on the banks of this river the entire jute industry of india is located now the factors that are responsible for their location in the hugli basin are number 1 that is inexpensive water transport supported by a good network of railways roadways and waterways to facilitate movement of raw materials to the mills so if you look at this region on the map a lot of inland waterways can be found so water transport is affordable and the second factor is abundant water for processing raw jute so water supply here is not scarce and large quantity of water is required not only for growing the jute crop but also for processing the fiber into a final product the third factor is availability of cheap labor from west bengal and adjoining states of bihar orissa and uttar pradesh is a plus point towards the development of this industry these states provide skilled semi skilled and unskilled labor at an inexpensive cost and the fourth factor is 
Kolkata is a large urban center providing banking, insurance and port facilities for export of jute goods. Of course, needless to say, the city of Kolkata is the urban hub for any modern infrastructural support that is required for the development of jute industries. Some of the problems faced by this industry are stiff competition in the international market from synthetic substitutes and from other competitors like Bangladesh, Brazil, Philippines, Egypt and Thailand. As I said, it's easier and cheaper to produce synthetic or man-made fiber. The government has provided some support to this industry by rolling out a policy which says mandatory use of the jute packaging. If you look at these gunny bags, they are made up of jute and it has been used for packaging almost everything from food products to other commercial things. To increase the demand, the government launched National Jute Policy in 2005 with the objective of increasing productivity, improving quality, ensuring good prices to the jute farmers and enhancing the yield per hectare. And always remember, the packaging materials that are made up of jute is environmental friendly, meaning they are biodegradable materials. Keeping in mind about growing global environmental concern, jute products have gained significant popularity. Jute from India is exported to countries like USA, Canada, Russia, Egypt, Iraq, UK and Australia. So this was all about the jute industry of India. The third industry under agro-based industry is sugar industry. India stands second as a world producer of sugar but occupies the first place in the production of gur and khansari. Now sugar largely contains sucrose. During commercial transport of sugar, this sucrose content reduces. That is why sugar mills are located near sugar growing areas. And in India, these areas are spread over the regions of Uttar Pradesh, Bihar, Maharashtra, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu, Andhra Pradesh, Gujarat, Punjab, Haryana and Madhya Pradesh. 60% sugar mills in India are located in Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. This industry is seasonal in nature, so it is ideally suited to the cooperative sector. Cooperative sector is an association where people voluntarily meet up for common economic, social and cultural needs. Basically, it's mutual understanding between people to do business together. And sugar industry is largely dependent on this kind of mutual understanding. So what happens is, the farmers and the owners of the sugar cane mill work together with each other to benefit one another. So that there is no middlemen to exploit farmers and they can sell their produces directly. This kind of understanding helps in stabilizing price of the sugar industry. In recent times, the sugar industry is shifting the concentration from the states that are mentioned to regions of southern and western states, especially Maharashtra. The reason is simple. Here the sugar has higher sucrose content. Here the climate is also very suitable in crushing the sugar content for a better output. Plus the cooperative way of business is more successful in these states compared to the states of Bihar and UP. The challenges that this industry faces are its seasonal nature of doing business, then old and inefficient methods of production are still in practice. There isn't any use of high-tech machinery. Due to transportation delay in reaching cane to factories, as we have read, this reduces the sucrose content that determines the quality of sugar. And finally, the waste product during sugar extraction need to be maximized. They are called bagues. They look like this. Sugarcane bagues can be reused to make paper crafts, ceramics, pressed building boats, etc. So, this was all about the sugar industry of India. Now moving on from agro-based industries to mineral-based industries. These are industries that use minerals and metals as raw materials. That's why they are called mineral-based industries. 
Under this, we have the first industry that is the iron and steel industry. The iron and steel industry is the basic industry since all the other industries, heavy, medium and light depends on it for the machinery. Steel is needed to manufacture a variety of engineering goods, construction material, defense, medical, telephonic, scientific equipments and variety of consumer goods. Iron and steel is heavy industry because all the raw materials as well as finished goods are heavy. To make a steel harder, iron ore, coking coal and limestone are required in the ratio of approximately 4 to 2 to 1 along with some quantities of manganese. Today with 91.46 million tons of total finished steel products and 9.7 million tons of raw pig iron, India ranks third after Japan and China. Here's the process of manufacturing of steel. It all starts with the transportation of raw material to the plant. From there the material is poured into blast furnace and then pig iron is obtained. From there steel is made and then it is given a shape. So just quickly have a look at it. Now here's the map of iron and steel plants in India. If you see presently there are 13 major steel plants and many mini steel plants in India. So again just quickly have a look at it. Now the Chota Nagpur Plateau region has the maximum concentration of iron and steel industries. That's why you'll find many iron and steel industries here along with cheap labor. This region is the hub of this industry. All public sector undertakings market their steel through Steel Authority of India which is called SAIL while Tisco markets its produced through Tata Steel. The problem that this industry faces is high costs and limited availability of coking coal which is an essential element in the production of steel. And the second problem is very low productivity of labor. After that we also face irregular supply of energy and then poor infrastructure. Now liberalization and foreign direct investments have given a boost to the industry with the efforts of private entrepreneurs. Because now with the help of private players the capacity of production of the existing plants are increased. Then Indian manufacturing units will be integrated with larger global economy. It also increases the labor productivity and technology. So these are some of the benefits this industry gains from liberalization and foreign direct investments. This was all about the iron and steel industry of India. Now let's read about the aluminium industry. It is commonly referred to as aluminium smelting because aluminium smelting is the process of extracting aluminium from its oxide, alumina. It requires a lot of heating and melting process. Aluminium smelting is the second most important metallurgical industry in India. And the reason is because aluminium is light, it is high resistant to corrosion, it is a good conductor of heat, then it is malleable and becomes strong when it is mixed with other metals. So these are some of the characteristics of aluminium. Because of its good characteristic features, aluminium is used in the manufacture of aircrafts, utensils and wires. It has gained popularity as a substitute of steel, copper, zinc and lead in a number of industries. In India, there are eight aluminium smelting plants located in the states of Odisha, West Bengal, Kerala, Uttar Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, Maharashtra and Tamil Nadu. Aluminium is extracted from bauxite. It is a dark reddish colored rock. If you look at this picture, first the raw material that is bauxite is shipped to the plant. After that it is mixed with alumina or aluminium oxide. The bauxite is crushed and the alumina is dissolved out in a molten form. Then with the help of electrolysis, that is with the help of electricity, 
aluminum oxide is converted into aluminum. So this is the entire manufacturing process of aluminum industry. Regular supply of electricity and an assured source of raw material at minimum cost are the two prime factors for location of this industry. Just remember this. So this was all about the aluminum industry of India. Now let's read about the chemical industry. The chemical industry in India is fast growing and diversifying. The reason I say that is because basic chemicals undergo processing to further produce other chemicals that are used for industrial application, agriculture or directly for consumer markets. For example, rubber uses a chemical called dimethylamine, then plastic products use polyvinyl chloride, then textiles use acetic acid for dyes. So you see chemical industry in India is diverse and huge. Today the Indian chemical industry is a critical part of the Indian economy. The industry contributes approximately 6% of the country's total GDP. Today, India is the third largest producer of chemicals in Asia and occupies the sixth place in the world. As we know, chemistry is divided into organic and inorganic chemistry. So the organic chemicals are those chemicals that have at least one carbon atom as its base. Petrochemicals, polymers, soap detergents are fine example of an organic chemical. Petrochemicals such as ethylene, that is C2H4, polymers like PVC, polyvinyl chloride, you see there is carbon atoms involved. Now inorganic chemicals are those chemicals that have compounds other than carbon like acid, bases, salts, etc. So HCl, H2SO4, NaCl, NaOH, etc. They don't have any carbon atom. I hope you understood the differentiation. Have a look at this Indian chemical sector classification. You see how the chemical industry is divided across sectors. Currently, the inorganic chemical industry is widely spread in our country. Many industries like fertilizers, synthetic fibers, plastic, adhesives, paints, dyes, glass, soaps and detergents, and caustic soda, they are dependent on inorganic chemical industry. This was the chemical industry of India. Now we will move on to the fertilizer industry. India is an agrarian country and agriculture depends a lot on fertilizers. Farmers turn to fertilizers because these substances contain plant nutrients such as nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. Fertilizers are simply plant nutrients applied to agricultural fields to supplement required elements found naturally in the soil. Fertilizers have been used since the start of agriculture. So now you see the importance of fertilizer industry in India. So the entire fertilizer industry is based around the production of nitrogen, phosphate and potash. These are like the important essential ingredients required to have a good fertilizer that would benefit agriculture. Now potash is entirely imported as India does not have any reserves of commercially usable potash or potassium compounds in any form. So we totally depend on foreign market for potash. But on the other hand, we produce a lot of nitrogenous fertilizers. India is the third largest producer of nitrogenous fertilizers. Fertilizer industry in India is spread in the regions of Gujarat, Tamil Nadu, Uttar Pradesh, Punjab, Kerala, Andhra Pradesh, Odisha, Rajasthan, Bihar, Maharashtra, Assam, West Bengal, Goa, Delhi, Madhya Pradesh and Karnataka. So this was all about the fertilizer industry in India. Now we will read about the last industry under mineral based section which is cement industry. Cement is essential for construction activities such as building houses, factories, 
bridges, roads, airports, dams and for other commercial establishments. This industry requires bulky and heavy raw materials like limestone, silica, alumina and gypsum. The cement industry in India is located very strategically. You can have a look at the names with their respective locations. Pause the video and have a look at it. The first cement plant was set up in Chennai in 1904. After independence, the industry expanded. India exports readily available cements to the markets in East Asia, Middle East, Africa and South Asia. This industry is doing well in terms of production as well as export. With this, we are done with the mineral-based industries. Now we are going to read about the automobile industry. Automobiles provide a vehicle for quick transport of goods, services and passengers. India manufactures trucks, buses, cars, motorcycles, scooters, three-wheelers and multi-utility vehicles at various centers. The demand for passenger cars, two and three-wheelers increased after liberalization, that is after 1991. That's when the Indian market opened up to the foreign markets for conducting businesses. Since then, this industry has boosted like anything. That's why we see so many vehicles on the road. Cities are getting congested. There's no space on the road to drive freely. Foreign direct investment, which is FDI, brought in new technology and aligned the industry with global development. Now we can see many foreign car brands like Audi, Mitsubishi, Bentley, BMW, Mercedes all have their sales center in India and that's happening because of FDI. Automobile industry in India is located around Delhi, Gurgaon, Mumbai, Pune, Chennai, Kolkata, Lucknow, Indore, Hyderabad, Jamshedpur and Bangalore. This was about the automobile industry in India. And the last industry that we will read about in this video is about information technology and electronics industry, which is commonly known as IT industry. The electronics industry covers a wide range of products and equipments required by the telecommunication industry. Important centers for electronic goods are Mumbai, Bangalore, Delhi, Hyderabad, Pune, Chennai, Kolkata, Lucknow and Coimbatore. Bangalore has emerged as the electronic capital of India. In India, we have technology parks that provide high data communication facility. A major impact of this industry has been on employment. You see, IT industry is the reason behind the boost of the services sector of the Indian economy. This industry has been a major foreign exchange earner. You see, companies like Amazon, Google, IBM, Accenture, Dell, Deloitte, Facebook, all have their offices in India giving employment to Indian people. That definitely brings in a lot of foreign money. In the IT sector, business processes outsourcing sector, commonly referred to as BPO, is a major reason behind the success of the Indian IT industry. Because most of these foreign companies are outsourcing their projects to India. The word outsource means giving it out on contract. Needless to say, the continuing growth in the hardware and software is the key to the success of IT industry in India. This was all about the information technology and electronics industry. With this, we have also come to an end of this video. In case any of you want the slides that are used in this video, you can follow the link in the description and have it. Alright then, I hope you like this video and I'll see you in the next one. If you want to see more of such educational content, make sure you're subscribed. By doing so, you'll get an alert when my next video comes. Thanks for watching and I'll see you in the next one.